Hello, Internet. Welcome into the 10 Things Podcast. My name is Craig. Alongside me, as always, my good friend, Aaron Brooks. Good day. How's it going, man? Um, weather's outside is frightful. The fire is so delightful. Actually, it's See, not. you're in a Christmas. I Christmas don't, don't want to talk about it. Okay. Um, I do love the weather that we're having outside, though, right now. Um, it's great. Enjoying myself, enjoying the crispness of the air. Um, let me ask you a question. What do you think people are listening to this podcast on right now? Uh, a smartphone. That's likely the case. There was one point where phones were not smart, though. No. Uh, phones, at one point, we didn't call them dumb phones. Um, no. But... They, they did not do what they could do. Um, chances are your daily routine, if you're like me, your daily routine consists of your smartphone. It consists of some type of streaming service that you're either listening to music on, you're watching TV on, or you're watching content on. Um, if you're like me, uh, I love technology though anyway. Right. I know you do too. Yes. So like, when I get up in the morning, I'm making coffee with just a push of a button on my Keurig. Um, I'm, I'm using Siri to check stuff. I'm looking at my phone for the weather. Um, but 10 years ago, we wouldn't have been doing hardly any of that stuff. No. It's, it's hard to imagine or to think back and remember what life was like just a decade ago. It's insane. The iPhone had just been invented. Um, and as we've discussed before, that iPhone, I mean, it's a <laughs> dumb iPhone. Yeah. I mean, compared to this iPhone. Compared to smartphones today, the original iPhone was, it was a joke comparative to today. Right. Um, there was a lot of stuff you could not do on it. Um, and so it begs the question, if, if technology has moved that fast in 10 years, what, what is currently in use today? Even though maybe some of these things may not be popular, they may be already on the decline, Yes. but there are people that still use them. What will be obsolete in 10 years from now? That's a good question. Um, and when I think of this question and when I look at this topic, I think of it similar to how I view like a VHS tape today. Um, yeah, you know it's there, uh, but I'm not looking at it as if, Nobody uses a VHS tape no. on a regular basis. I hadn't seen a VHS tape until I was here a couple of weeks ago. You <laughs> yeah. know, I picked it up and kind of looked at it like, have you lost your mind? Why? <laughs> what are you doing with a VHS tape? Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was for decoration for an, a retro 80s night. <laughs> That's all it was used for. Um, nobody uses that technology. Cassette tapes the same way. Um, now, again, we have to preface... Some of those are being used for the only purpose being used is to be retro or to be, yes. you know, nostalgia purposes. We're talking about a technology that is no longer going to be used on a day-to-day -day basis by anybody. Along that 
theme. Speaking of retro, vinyl seems to be making a massive comeback. It is. Okay, so that was kind of a technology that seems to have died, but it's been resurrected. Is that just because it's a retro cool thing to do, or is it actually, why is that happening? It is. I, I think it is, it's becoming popular again because just the simple retro factor. I don't know that, I don't think... Will that happen with VHS and cassettes? I don't think it will happen with VHS because the quality is so bad. I think it's different to have nostalgia, that crackling of a... Of a right. That adds something to it. Um, but you don't get that with visual mediums. If the picture quality is bad, you can't get past that. Sure. I mean, even if I watch an old television show now, I can't, it's hard for me to get past the terrible pi picture quality. Right. There is something to say, though, about a lot. There are a lot of old black and white movies. Yeah. That the the quality of it is really well done, even <laughs> yes. though it's been black and white. Whereas you look at like some 80s and 90s TV shows and go, the, it's grainy. It's it pixelated. feels like some of it was like shot on a home movie camera. Yeah. Or something. And so I, I don't I guess that's the difference that maybe with the early digital age. And right. so back then, film could be trans. Well, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Trans transferred to digital easier and retain quality, whereas old digital just can't be helped. I, I don't know. I'm not a TV person, but it does feel that way from time to time. So, in case you haven't been able to figure out, today's episode we are talking about technology, outdated technology in ten years, and I don't know how we're going <laughs> to title this episode. So you may not have gotten that from the title, but we're talking about if we were to jump in a time machine now and travel 10 years into the future, what technology would be be like, ah, it makes sense, it's gone. People who are born right now, children who are born this year, when they're 10 years old, technology that they're going to say, what is that? I've never even heard of that. Right. Um, and so, so are we close enough to 2020 that we can just say by 2030? I think so, yeah. I think that's a great place to, to land. Um, Aaron, why don't you start us off? Okay. Get us, get us rolling here. This is one that I am surprised is still used today. So I think by 2030, this is definitely going to be obsolete. But fax machines. Oh, yeah. Okay. 100%. And other than National Signing Day in college football <laughs> athletics, I don't know of a time that anybody uses a fax machine anymore. And in fact, a few weeks ago, somebody requested that I fax them something, and I had to stop and think for a second. I, I, I don't have the ability to even <laughs> do that. How, how would I fax them something? Yeah, That's still a thing? That's when I'm surprised is still a thing, yeah. for sure. Um, there's no way that should still be around. So, 10 years from now, surely that's... Is it, are there any redeeming qualities, anything about a fax machine that, that you can look at and say, okay, there could be a case made for that's a good thing to keep around? I don't, I don't see any. I mean, we have so many methods of communicating with people now, sending them a document, even as we've already discussed in our intro, 
smartphones. There are facts, apps with smartphones where you can photograph documents and send them to people and you can photograph documents and make them editable if you need to sign something that can be sent uh, through a text message, through an email. Yeah, e- email's got to be the killer for that. Yes. Um, you can you can you can take a high quality picture with your phone and send it if you need to scan something. There's no need in putting it in a fax machine so it can print out a duplicate copy somewhere else. And I think I mean kind of right along with that would cuz I always picture the fax machine one of those all-in-one machines, you know, kind of a fax machine slash scanner. Mm-hmm. Uh, scanners are kind of a relic as well, I would think. Yeah. I can't tell you the last time I've used a fax machine or a scanner. Um, I think the last time may have been five years ago. I think that was the last time I can remember ever eating, even working with somebody who needed it. Fax machine, man, that's a good one to start out with. The only it should be dead now. Yes, the only times that I can picture, you know, talking to somebody that needs a fax, it feels like they're in businesses that have failed to ever adapt and keep yeah. up with the times. Some government office, for example, they'll yes, be like, hey, government's hey, the you, worst. Can you do something? Like, no, nobody in this country has done that for twenty years. Have you not <laughs> updated anything? So yeah, fax machines gotta be, gotta be obsolete. Yeah, that's a good number one. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go right alongside that. I was gonna save that for later because this is a little bit of a hot take, but um, it has to do with that and say printers. Okay. I think in ten years we may be past printers. I don't see, like, I don't think homes will have printers anymore. Okay. I, I think could, they'll still be around, that. but I, the personal printer. Let me, let me, I guess let me rephrase it that way. The personal home printer and most small business offices won't have printers anymore. I feel like, especially in the home, I I don't know, how would you get around it in a business? I feel like maybe I'm not, uh, you know, thinking far enough ahead. Maybe I'm not that innovative, but it feels like businesses have a need for printers. I don't, I don't, I guess it would depend, but you can store everything now digitally. People can sign up on stuff digitally. They can fill out forms digitally. I think if you took away printers, I don't think it would be that big of a deal. I, I guess I could see that. I mean, uh, especially I, in home usage. I mean, I know home very usage, few people. Yeah. I mean, we eliminated a home printer easily five years ago. I mean, we just haven't needed it. Um, I still use a printer occasionally, but I think yeah. Now, now that you mention, you know. Now, I guess let me back up and say. When I, I'm talking about mainly document printers. Now, right. I could see printing off signage, printing off stuff like that, because I use printers for that stuff all the time. Sure. We print decorations we cut out and and visuals like that. But when it comes to, like, just forms, documents, um, paper, you know, manuals and book, you know, I think we can do away with that stuff. And I think we probably, for the most part, will in 10 years or by 2030, um, because you can do everything digitally now. And the advantages we have for digital when it comes to documents far outweigh paper. Paper can burn up. Paper can get destroyed. Paper can wear out. Paper can get lost. 
digital documents are more secure. And I know there's a lot of people, especially in older generations, who are nervous about that kind of stuff. I can see people being wary of letting something like this go because it's so ingrained yes. into everything we do. And I mean, that's one of the things we're talking about. Is exactly. A massive change. And it's hard for, as you mentioned, previous generations to, they're a little more reluctant to take some of the changes that we've seen. Yeah. And so there may be some things that we even mentioned that are ingrained in our generation. Oh, yeah. That a decade from now, it could be difficult for us to see how that could happen. But for the next generation, to them, it won't be anything. And rather than making this another one, because I, th I have this on my list, but I think it fits right in with what you're talking about, I was going to mention paper receipts. Yeah. Absolutely. It's already becoming a thing. Oh, yeah. And if I have the option to get uh, a digital receipt, that's what I do. Mm -hmm. Even shopping at Walmart now, um, if I go into Walmart, I pay with my app. Yep. Uh, and I have a digital receipt. I scan, which I use the self-checkouts all the time, yeah. um, and then I just, you know, I pay for everything. I don't even stick a card into the machine. Mm -hmm. It scans my phone, and I'm out the door. Yeah. Um, I, I think, and I think as we get closer to that time, um, you're going to see more and more things happen. Like Square is a great, the company Square yes. and the products they provide are a great asset to this because the, the only time I ever choose, if it gives me the option, the only time I ever choose print over email is if I have to type in my email address. Yes. It takes a lot more time than I'm willing to dedicate towards exactly. this cashier. But Square saves your information. They know when that's your card, right. and it automatically sends you the receipt. You don't right. have to think about it. Um, so I think as we get more companies, it doesn't, we're not, I'm not asking for a monopoly from Square toward all <laughs> cash registers. <laughs> Or not cash registers, but just registers. Um, but as more companies can start getting on board with this um, for that saving or ditching, I almost included credit cards on here too because phones and apps are becoming so prevalent. Um, we'll see, yeah, even more of the receipt stuff and, and tickets and all that kind of stuff start to just go by the way. So. Well, Let's just make that my number two because that's where I was going next was plastic credit cards. Okay. I I think that they're going to be gone. We're already moving that direction. Yeah. Um, and Apple just, I mean, they got into the credit card game yeah. this past year. And, of course, they offer a physical card, but the people that I have talked with that have, that have signed up for the Apple card the physical card is more of just a little decoration thing for them right. than to actually physically use it. Apple, how long has Apple Pay been out now? Has it been five years? Oh, I don't know if it's been five years yet. I think it's only been around maybe three. Three. Yeah. With the introduction of Apple Pay, we felt like we were going this direction. but uh, And, of course, Android, they have Android Pay or something like that. Yeah. Um, but as we get familiar with using our phones and technology as payment methods. And again, if we're talking about having something secure, and I know for an older generation, this can be a little difficult. And they're like, I don't know if I trust that or not. But the digital wallet on your phone, at least with Apple, I may throw a little shade at Android devices, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, at least the digital wallet is supposed to be much more secure than walking around with a thing in your back pocket. Yeah, I mean, we hear stories all the time where people can 
they can just walk behind you and scan mm-hmm. and steal your information like that. Yeah. Okay, so they can't do that with your phone. Yeah. So it's a more secure method of payment. And Apple's gotten to the point to where with the Apple card you make a you make a purchase, they give you a one-time code as your card number. Yeah. to keep it from being a used. unique code every time. Exactly. So it's a much more secure method of payment. I know in the past few years, as you mentioned, people kind of scared by online shopping. Well, am I going to get hacked? Is this going to get stolen? In the past, there have been, I mean, it's not like that has not happened. It has. But these companies are learning, and they're taking massive steps forward every single year as this technology gets better with making our card information and our, and our bank in, banking information much more secure than mm-hmm. it was in the past. So paper receipts, online payment. We were just talking earlier about using apps to pay at, sto- at uh, fast food places. Yeah, that's my first go-to. If I can order oh, through your too. app and pay through your app, I would much prefer to do I that would. than to actually have to hand them a card or something. Like and that. I know my wife makes fun of me about this kind of stuff, but I, I will choose a place based on that. Sure. Like I will, I will make a conscious decision. I could just do it through the app and order it and, and customize it exactly how I want to, get everything how I want to. Just pay for my phone and then just go tell them, hey, I'm picking up mobile for Craig, and then they have it ready for me, because it's just so convenient. They're and it's secure. Yes, and it, I know some people say, yeah, well, that, that gives us less human interaction, and it does. I mean, sure, there is a somewhat of that that happens. But for me, it's much more simple to, if I'm going to order something to eat, I can put it into the phone exactly the way I want it, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. without having to repeat what I wanted to somebody, make the changes. It's just easier to say, I'm here to pick up a mobile order for Aaron or order number 25. Right. Uh, And hopefully, that's also one less step of a potential error in my order exactly and you can even like places like little caesars now i have not personally done this yet but you place your order on the app yeah you put in your information and then you don't have to talk to anybody anybody you go to the pizza portal yeah and and put in a code and and there's your pizza um and when it comes to human interaction in this way yes you are eliminating some but honestly you are those human interactions we're not that valuable to begin with, let's be really honest. Yeah. So you're really, instead of, you're not losing any, you're just being more selective in the human interaction right. that you actually do have. Exactly. And honestly, it, if you really want to nitpick pick at it, you, you're getting more valuable time with the people you choose to have valuable time with. Right. And, you know, I know some people are concerned that all of this, we can just call it automation, but this technology is going to put a lot of people out of work. Uh, And there are certainly going to be people that lose jobs because of this. But I think if you're in an industry and you're to the point where you're not willing to adapt and keep up with the times, you're not going to succeed anyway. That's true. You have to understand that there are uh, a lot of companies that are out there that we can choose from and if they provide a more convenient method of service for me and a faster method of service for me, I'm probably going to take that method. Yeah. And so I feel like if you're a business owner, 
you have to adapt, you have to keep up, you have to do everything you can to stay on the cutting edge. 100% agree. Okay, number four on our list. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to backtrack a little bit, and somewhere along the same vein as Fax Machine, uh, by that I mean something that's already kind of dying, uh, that I think will be completely gone in 10 years, is CDs and DVDs. Oh, yeah. Um, now, I will say, uh, somebody brought this up the other day, and I didn't think about it until they said that. Uh, the quality, at least of CDs, and honestly probably DVDs, is probably better on that physical copy because it's not having to go through internet. And I, I don't know that I totally disagree with that. And that's probably one of the reasons people kind of sometimes enjoy vinyl. But the convenience far outweighs. Sure. There is not that big of a gap. I think it would be interesting to hear an album played through a CD and then through a digital streaming service. Because I hear this argument made a lot. And I don't know that I really buy it. Now, there are some, like satellite radio. If you listen to satellite yeah. radio, there's a definite degradation in the quality of the content that you hear there. But I think it would, it would take an incredibly trained ear. I think. I could be wrong. But I think it would be difficult because the, the content that I listen to through Apple Music, that's my preferred streaming yeah. method, it's it's pretty good quality. I think where it gets really nitpicky would be because like with anything nowadays, it depends on not just where you're getting it from, but what it's getting played through. That's true. And so like we had this conversation not too long ago. I think like Netflix and YouTube TV, those are the ones I use the most. Um, their quality is getting better. And so... And internet's getting faster, so I can see myself getting a 4K TV. The problem is, a lot of times people will push 4K content out, but the, if the TV you have is not 4K, it it's really doesn't helping. matter at all. No. And so I think the same goes with audio too. If you're listening to your CD in an older CD player through terrible speakers, well, it's not going to matter right. at all because your Spotify sounds so much better on your phone through your headphones because it's newer. So I would ha you're right. I would have to put it up against the best sound systems that we have through the same speakers right. just through those different mediums. Uh, but along those same lines of CDs and DVDs being out outdated goes the hardware that goes with exactly. them. Exactly. I cannot tell you the last time I played a CD or DVD. It's been years since I've done either one of those things. I looked uh, just a couple of days ago at a at a series that we were interested in using for our church, a new program. And as I scrolled down through there, I realized they only offer this on DVD. I thought I don't have a I don't have a way to play that. Uh, we don't own a DVD. Yeah. We don't have a computer that has yeah. a physical optical drive in it yeah they're just gone and i think that's okay i mean it is so much more convenient and my wife loves dvds one of her favorite things was especially early on when we were married 
was you know hitting the five dollar DVD bin at Walmart, you know, and finding a cool DVD and just having those DVDs for whenever you wanted to watch it. Well, now we have an extensive movie library sitting there on our TV. We have no use for DVDs, and the beauty of it is, no matter where we're at, we have access to it. Again, we all of these things keep going back to convenience, and CD well, I mean, and DVD it, is just convenient. It was fun to you know go legs up in one of those bins at Walmart <laughs> and find some sub quality movie to try to watch. I know that we all are going to miss doing that. Yeah. Uh, we're fighting at uh, Black Friday over who gets the cheap right? deal yeah. on the DVD. Um, or having uh, the CD album, uh, where you multiple CD. Yeah, I don't even know what it was called now. Uh, the just the like a notebook of a CDs. Book of yeah, CDs. I remember all the CD cases. That that was your playlist in the car. I mean, yeah. you flip through. I've still got one full of CDs at the house. I I've think. probably got one somewhere. I don't even know. I knew I was a real uh, I was a real G. Whenever I had one of those things that went on my visor, oh yeah, that I could stick like ten CDs uh -huh. in and just pull out anytime I wanted to. I I remember when we got our first vehicle that had a six disc CD mm -hmm. changer. Yeah, and I felt like we were so cool, kings of the world, because we could have six different albums yeah. in there, and that that was amazing. Now cars don't even come with CD replayers. No, it's just the it's. Honestly, on this list, I don't think it'll be gone in 10 years. And maybe this is on your list, but an auxiliary port, honestly, is on its way out, too. That, that was on my list. Um, and I purchased a new vehicle just a few months ago. And I need to look and see. It may not even have an auxiliary port yeah. in it. There's, there's just... Everything is so wireless and hands-off that it's amazing. So CDs and DVDs... Um, along with the CD and DVD player and, and Blu-ray. Yeah. Let's be honest. Okay, if you want to go this route with it, it's environmentally friendly that those things are dying off. That's okay. less plastic sure. exactly. that's being used exactly. to create these things. Uh, so that's my that's my second one, number four. Okay, I'll mark that one on my list then. Because I, I had a feeling that that was going to be on there yeah. at some point. Give us number five, Aaron. Cable TV. Yeah, that was on mine too. Cable TV satellite tv it's already dying yeah i can't imagine that 10 it may not be totally dead 10 years from now but i don't think it's going to have much of a pulse they unless these companies radically as we just mentioned a few minutes ago transform and adapt the way that they do business yeah well i don't think the companies may still be around but satellites and cable, I don't think will be. No. I think you'll still have direct TV or Dish will have to rebrand somehow. <laughs> I mean, they can still call it Dish, I guess, but uh, they will they will have to move to just being a streaming option like all they, the others. This, for most people, now there are exceptions. And I have been one of these exceptions because of my physical location of where I live. I still have satellite TV. Right. It is not by choice. <laughs> I would, in a heartbeat, cancel satellite TV service if I could. And I'm working toward that end. Um, but there are so many streaming options available that are so far superior to the product that satellite and a
especially cable TV providers offer you, it's not even funny. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's, and even, you know, I, I personally, I use YouTube TV. Yes. Um, it's my preferred method. Of t- even stuff like that is starting to shift how they do things. Um, even, this just tells you how fast things are moving. Even Netflix is on the ropes right now. Oh, um, big time. Because they have been, they took the cable TV content and just provided it in a streaming platform, which worked out great for the cable companies back in the day. Right. But that content now and the way it's packaged, all the other networks and, and content producers are going into their own streaming business now. Netflix was incredibly innovative when they did what they did. And they saw the move from physical DVDs to yeah, streaming. they did a great they, job. They jumped onto that uh, in the beginning. But it feels like, and I had this on my list to mention, and it kind of fits in with this, so we can just throw it in here. But if Netflix doesn't adapt and keep up because they... It just kind of feels like they kind of sat back and rested and relaxed yeah, and haven't kept pushing. And now, I mean, you've got Disney out there. Uh, Netflix has some real threats they do. to what they've been doing. And so they're going to have to look at the model that they use mm-hmm. and maybe reconfigure to stay relevant 10 years from now. Yeah, because I don't think, I think one of the things that they thought might the trend might happen was that like movie theaters eventually too would become obsolete. And I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon because they're yes. Although people probably aren't going as much as they have had been because uh, it's so easy to stream stuff. Um, there is still something special about going to a theater and get the popcorn and just the big screen and stuff like that. And so their content has to be better. Yes. They've got to really, uh, one thing that's a check in their favor right now is uh, the Breaking Bad movie, El Camino, is the rights are exclusively to Netflix and theaters. And so, whereas you can do both. And I think that's a smart move for them. Yes, it is. Um, if you're going to get into the movie game, you need to be able to have that the, the kind of quality movies that can be in both. Right. Um, and I, ex- I expect, we'll see if, if this is right or not, but I, I have a feeling that this movie is going to smash all streaming yeah. movie records. Yeah. I think this is going to be Netflix's biggest yeah, I mean, hit that they've done. The, the, essentially, the sequel to probably one of, the, one of, if not the biggest series of, yeah. of all time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the cable providers and the satellite providers... Um, they have to adapt those models. They need to be all online because right. um, otherwise they're just going to either that or they have to get like ridiculously low in their prices. Yes. I'm talking teens. Right. Uh, in order to compete because right now you can do Disney Plus and Netflix for 20 bucks and and be good and have oh, everything you really need. Um or you know YouTube TV is fifty bucks, but an unlimited DVR, you can access your account from anywhere and have it at any point you want to. And with an unlimited DVR, you just go through and select any show you want to, and you've got every episode exactly. essentially at your fingertips. Exactly. 
Well, and as you mentioned, I mean, uh, Disney launches here in the U.S. November 12th, uh, their Disney Plus service. And they're going to have a bundle of Disney, Hulu, and ESPN Plus for less than $13 a month. Yeah. You know. I mean, everything you need is right there. Whereas, you know, Dish Network, uh, DirecTV, I mean, you're paying $79.89, bucks a year or more to get a whole bunch of channels and most of them we don't even watch. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I think it's time to take a break. Um, we're going to hit pause. I don't encourage you to hit pause, though. Just keep listening through. You get to hear a little bit of cool music. And, you know, then you'll join us again. But let's take a break. Sure. And we'll be all right. Okay, we are back from our pause break, and we've gone through five. We talked about fax machines and printers and credit cards and CDs and DVDs and cable TV and saddle. That's a lot of stuff crammed into the first half. And it is. A lot of those are kind of dual they were. things, which is interesting how they paired together that way. Uh-huh. Uh, we're going to move on to number six now, and um, this is another one I would classify under hot take. Um I'm just going to come out of the break swinging and say something I think will be gone in 10 years, gaming consoles. Ooh. Ooh. I think we're going to see the end of gaming consoles. I don't know about that. Now, let me preface. Consoles. So I'm talking like box top, plug into your TV, the traditional, what we think of as a gaming console. I still think what you're going to be replaced with Xbox, How? PlayStation, all those things are still going to be available, but I think we're going to see them available as apps. I think or a service provided instead of a console you buy hardware that you plug in. Even right now, a lot of the games that PlayStation and Xbox use, you stream them, you right. download them online. Yes. So why are we still buying a box top? I think you're going to start seeing Xbox TVs. Okay, or, that, that's what I was going to ask. Because or, we're buying the technology that's in the console. Right. But where is that technology right now? It's the same technology. I mean, the technologies are so similar. It's just really the interfaces that are really different. You're not using that console anymore. It used to be PlayStation's big selling point was it had Blu-ray. And uh, Xbox's was the hard drive. You know, it had such a big hard drive. Well, if you're not really needing that, if stuff like that's going to be, I think we're going to start seeing those things built into TVs. Or, But will the cost of that be, I mean, if you talk about a TV, I if you buy an Xbox TV or a PlayStation TV, is it not going to be drastically more expensive than buying one of the gaming consoles would be? Well, what I personally think will end up happening is you'll start seeing TVs with built-in hard drives in them. I think you'll start seeing a TV from providers, basically the screen, where it doesn't necessarily have an operating system on it. It'll still retain the same menus and stuff like that that smart TVs have now, but it may have a hard drive in it also that holds some of that stuff, or it all goes to streaming. It all game. I mean, right now I have an Apple TV. I can stream games on my Apple TV. 
it's got a hard drive so I can download games too. But I think you'll either see that or those consoles at the very minimum, you'll see those consoles shrink way down to like the size of an Apple TV, something a lot more portable. Um, where, again, you're not, you don't need physical games for these devices anymore. Um, and I, I think PlayStation actually just announced that their PS5 is going to be coming out soon, like in the next year right. or so. I would be very surprised if it comes with physical discs or like where you put a physical game in it. Um, one way or another, I think in, in 2030, you're going to see gaming consoles either be comp gone completely or very different than what they look like now. Probably. You're, you're probably right. Because, again, there's no need for discs to insert into them. The... Okay. I I guess I can I can see that. <laughs> I'm I'm not going to argue that one cuz uh, again, it's one of those radical things. Yeah. It yeah, ch it challenges our thinking. And it, I hope I hope Sony and Microsoft are thinking that way. I hope you know they should be on the cutting edge of it. They should be right. way further ahead than we are. Right. So hopefully they're thinking about this kind of stuff and hopefully we don't get stuck in our ways. I've been saying for a long time. Now Microsoft's and I guess PlayStation 2 have done a good job of incorporating other things into their consoles. So their their console is becoming an all-in-one yes. kind of thing. And that's always been my thing, is I would love to have just one thing for everything, where I can watch TV, then switch over and play again. That's why I love Apple TV, because I can do all of those things. So kudos to them on thinking that far ahead, but now let's take it a step further, and let's do away with the console itself, because we don't need the physical games anymore. So I guess my next uh, on the list, this would be what, number seven? Number seven. I'm keeping okay. accurate count okay. this time. Good. Yeah. First time. I know. There's uh, a first time for everything. It is kind of in that same vein. And so you're, you're saying that we're going to either eliminate the console or shrink it down drastically. If we shrink the console down drastically, I think in 10 years we're going to eliminate things like the Apple TV box device. YouTube or uh, not YouTube, but, but Roku devices and Fire Sticks and all of these things that we use for streaming. I think ten years from now, those are eliminated. I think it's going to be just entirely built in. I agree with that to the device. Um, because I mean, I think again, I think they'll have to either come up with their own or partner with TV manufacturers right. to do these things. And I think that's probably, you know, I know a lot of people have talked in the past couple of years about the fact of whether or not we will see an app, a true Apple TV. Right. I don't think that's likely to happen. Do you? I think it will happen. You think they will actually manufacture a TV? I really do. With their, they are getting more into the screen game on on phones and computers and tablets. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility for them. I, and here, honestly, this is the area I think, you know, Apple, the last few years has been criticized a little bit for their lack of innovation. Yes. They've done small things. They do things, they still do things better than anybody else. But they're not coming up with these groundbreaking new things. I think TV will be that groundbreaking thing. I really do. And here's why. I think they'll come out with an OLED or something like that TV. I think it'll have touch screen 
built into the TV. I think it'll have Siri built into it. I think it'll have no bezels. I think it'll have Apple TV built into it, the software. Um, you're, you won't need a remote at all because you can use your phone. Um, I don't think it'll have many ports because you can access everything there. I don't think there'll be need. Right now, I think they can make a TV with zero ports on it, and it would sell. I would buy one because that the only thing I use my TV for is my Apple TV. I don't plug anything else into it. And so I can see a future in the next 10 years where Apple TV releases a real TV that has all those things already built into it. I think an Apple TV would be a stunning. Oh, it, it would it would be amazing to look They make at. it look beautiful. Too. Okay. My concern would be though we know that Apple has a tendency to really go overboard on price points. Oh, it, it will be a pricey okay. TV. So I, I just don't know if that makes it a viable contender if it's going to be taken seriously with everything else. I mean, we just saw the, the Mac Pro. I mean, imagine them coming out with a TV and then saying, oh, you want the stand with it. That's an extra $1,000 like they did with the computer. I, I don't think they would do... I think they would have different versions like they do with everything. I think they'll have pro-level stuff. They'll have an entry-level thing. But I think if they are to revolutionize it, I think you're going to see others follow. I'm staring at a Samsung TV right now. Samsung could very well take their Android stuff and put it into a TV. It's just one more way to get you into the ecosystem of whatever device company you're already using it feels like it would be an easier step for samsung to do that yeah it would be than, i mean they've got they're and, already in that and business. i'm surprised nobody has done this yet would it not be easier for apple than to try to create their own television just to partner with somebody at vizio or somebody just to partner with them in the television game i could with the price of tvs being lower and yeah offer that as a solution? honestly i could see them buying out a company like that sure just going to vizio and saying we want to partner with we're going to create the first app, real apple tv and we're going to buy you out and then that way it is easier. I, I can totally see that happening. Or I, I could see them partnering with somebody too. Just knowing Apple, they don't do a lot of third-party stuff. No, I mean, that's that's not their thing. Uh, Beats is the only one, and they bought them. And they bought them. So um, I can see them buying out somebody more than anything. But 10 years from now, I think... Stream, I mean, it wouldn't shock me for Amazon to get into the TV business. Yeah. You know. Because uh, they seem to be a major player, yeah, massive company. Um, so I see Google, it, it, absolutely. A Google's TV. So I think that we move away from the sticks that are that yeah. we're plugging in and the and the devices that we're connecting. I think up. I think no longer is there a need for other things to get plugged into other things. I think things are going to start being right. things. <laughs> well, and you know, I have a a Vizio smart TV. It's got its own interface built in. You can download the apps right on it. Um, I wish that, that there was a way to make Apple work with it without having to actually exactly. plug in the Apple yeah. TV. So, I mean, we're, we're headed there. We're headed there. Ten years from now, it will be interesting to see yeah. what that looks like. Hopefully we're there in ten. The, the other thing I was going to mention is that in the past ten years, leading up to twenty end of 2019, beginning of 2020, we have seen the price of, High-definition TVs oh, have yeah. drastically dropped. They have. I will be interested to see what happens with the price of TVs over the next 10 years. If that will continue or as the quality and all of these things that we're talking about goes up, 
will the price of TVs start to go back up with it? You'll you'll have the TVs we currently have, and those styles will continue to drop, but they'll stop making those at some point and start moving toward the new the next generation of TVs, and those prices will be higher. But I don't think they'll be as high as as maybe we think they might be because the technology for the screens and stuff is existing right now on TVs. They're really just adding more software into the hardware. If you had to pick a TV size that would you you would just say is probably a, a good standard in in the U.S. right now, would you would fifty five inch? Would you kind of put that as a probably yeah somewhere in the fifty fifty five inch? Okay. Um, if you had to just it, let's just say Apple jumped into that game and they put out a fifty five inch TV, what would you take a guess that the that the pri- what are the, what are they going to sell that for? They'll probably they'll probably be at a thousand, maybe fifteen hundred on it, which if would be a lot. If I had to guess, I I say it's going to be north of three thousand. Really, I I think so. I don't think they because it you go could look be at some of those high end TVs right now. They're three thousand and plus for some of those yeah. super high quality. And you got to think, ten years from now, is eight K going to be a real possibility that we oh, see? Yeah. I mean, because we're we're moving there with other yeah, things. We are. So it's a fun time to be alive. Yeah, it is. Okay, moving on. Number eight. We're already nearing the end of when we usually cut this thing off. So I didn't think this one would go so long. We we both love we tech, love tech. So <laughs> we and we've done a lot of this. At least I have without notes. Oh yeah, you because know, this is just easy stuff to talk yeah, about. This us. is easy for us. Uh, okay, number eight is uh, I want to try to make this a little quicker. Um, keys. I wouldn't usually call keys technology, but I am for the sake of just being able to talk about this. I'm glad you included because I was trying to decide if I was going to make this my last one or not. I don't think keys are going to be around in 10 years. I don't um, either. I have one key I use right now, and it's my car key. Um, I don't think... You actually physically have to put it in? Still? I do. Okay. I, ha- I have an 08G. Oh, okay. My I wife's car, I don't have to because she has a newer car than me, but... Um, that's literally, if, if it wasn't for that key, I wouldn't carry around keys at all because in my home, I punch in a code to get in, um, at the other place that I go to a lot is our church and, uh, we have it, that's a digital lock on it. I can literally say Siri, open the church door and it opens and that's where we're going for my home soon. So I don't think. And I know there's already car manufacturers out there yes. that have this built into it where you can access your car from your phone. Yes. Um, this is another one of those big culture shifts that it's going to take many generations <laughs> to get on board with. But I think with with it becoming more and more available, I think you see culture being more and more okay with it. And as I, I think... I've already mentioned, you know, we, we purchased a vehicle a few months ago, and one of the things that was a requirement when I purchased the vehicle was that I did not want to have to stick a key in it to start it. Uh, and I was amazed at some of the newer models that are out there, 18 and 19 models that we were looking at, that still actually require you to physically put a key in the vehicle to start it. Yeah. Um, and so that was one of the things that we looked at. And we went with one that had a push-button start option, because uh, I don't want to have to take the key out of my pocket. Now I know with that, with that ability and and convenience, 
I'm sure it is more expensive to work on the vehicle at some point. If that system goes out, it's probably pretty pricey as you move into more computerized stuff like that. It probably will be more expensive uh, to fix. So I understand that you may be trading something off more you than just, you know, just sticking a key in. Um, you know, 15, 20 years ago, the average Joe could probably have replaced an ignition in his vehicle if he needed to. Yeah. In 2030, it may not be that simple. No. Um, but there is incredible amount of convenience. And I know with several vehicles, even ours, select models with the app. You can start your car through the app, set the temperature mm -hmm. of the car through your app, lock it. You can see if somebody else is driving your car. You can see where your car is at. You can report it as stolen. Uh, so many things like we do with our phones and stuff, like a Find My iPhone. Cars are now coming with those sort of apps. And I think, and, and we see it with houses. Mm -hmm. you yeah. Know, um, everywhere we go. I think 10 years from now, you know, if you're out there and you're still, what, what is a locksmith? If you're still in the locksmith yeah. business, you need to start. You, you may need to start looking for a new line of work because yeah. I don't know that you're going to have a lot of customers yeah. come 2030. Yeah. I think it's definitely on its way out. All right. Give us number nine. Number nine, uh, along those same lines. Again, a lot of this all kind of it all runs ties together. together. <laughs> Typing passwords. Okay, I'm glad you said this one too because I almost put this on the list. It's there is it. It annoys me to have to type a password in. Yeah, I mean it really gets on my nerves. Um, and we're already starting to see the ability to use Touch ID, and now Apple has gone to using Face ID. I think we're going to begin to see more and more of this incorporated into the devices and things that we use. Um, the memory, the, the capability to remember passwords and things. I, I hope that I'm right, that we don't have to type passwords come 2030. It, oh, it would yeah. be a dream come true. Well, you know, and we're admittedly, we're Apple fanboys. <laughs> okay. If you haven't been able to figure that out yet, uh, don't add us. But um, one of the, you know, and I, I mentioned earlier, Apple has, has been criticized lately for not being super innovative. One of the things, though, they have been innovative about on the software side of things, they announced it, was it earlier this year, I think? Yes. Um, where you can sign in with Apple now. Yes. Where you don't have to provide a password ever again for anything. Where you simply just click sign in with Apple and it takes your information, provides even fake email addresses to Thank these companies you, so you, you don't get spammed. Um, I think you're right. I think this is an area where you're going to see a lot of things go by the wayside. Um, Apple does, and I'm sure others do too. Uh, let me just put that out there. I'm sure Android, Google, Amazon, whoever, I'm sure they provide stuff like this too. But Apple, I know I get it all the time where they provide... Uh, password suggestions that are complete nonsense just yes. so they can remember it for you and you don't have to worry about it. Right. Um, and I've been tempted to do that from time. I have not, I haven't totally Neither have I. I guess I'm, it's my generation. I'm a little scared yeah, to do I'm, that. I want to be able to know what it is, um, especially for important stuff. But um, I think definitely for stuff I'm less, I don't care as much about. I can always get recover my password uh, through my email. Um, but I, I love this idea of going toward not having to type in a password. I've, I've gotten frustrated lately. I, I just jumped to the new iPhone 11 from an 
older iPhone where I had a Touch ID. And I've gotten frustrated using Touch ID on my laptop. I'm like, why it can't is, you just scan is. my face, computer? It is. And me not put a password in. Um, I definitely think it'll be there in 10 years for sure on everything. And it, it, it's, it's more secure. Yeah, it really is. And even the, the sign-in with Apple deal, um, it's more secure. And it protects your – because that's one of the big things Apple focused on this year is protecting privacy. And that's what everybody's trying to do because we've had a lot of leaks and a lot of you know, information that's gotten out in the past couple of years. So everybody's trying to become more um, mindful about protecting privacy and your personal data. So the sign-in with Apple, as you mentioned, they give you the fake email addresses, all this kind of stuff, so that way you don't have to provide your personal information to other places. So it's more secure when you can do that. Um, so I'm just, I'm, I really hope that when we get to 2030, the era of typing passwords has ended or is at least in my life, there's very few times when I actually have to do that. Yes, totally agree. Okay, we're going to round out this 10 with, um, my last one, and that is digital cameras. Okay. Um, I think in the year 2030, people are going to be saying, wait, there used to be something else for to take pictures with? Um, at least kids will. Um, right. Because I, the cameras right now are so good on the devices you carry all the time with you anyway. Even professionals are shooting movies on cameras. They're taking professional photos on cameras, and I, it's only going to get better. There, it's not. Uh, there's no stopping anytime soon with the improvements that they're making. Um, you're seeing now these new iPhones, and the new Google Pixel has it also. Samsung has them, where triple lens cameras. So you're getting all the different angles. I think you're going to start seeing one of the things. You know, the wide angle lens that we have on our phones now is the norm. Right. Um, now you're going ultra wide and then you're yes. going telephoto. <laughs> I think before too much longer, you're going to see your telephoto be the norm. And then you're going to see a super telephoto where it goes Probably even so. further zoom. Um, even now you can get just attachments that go on your phone yes. to help with zoom. Yes. So, you know, the biggest complaint has always been, you know, the zoom shot. How can I get closer without actually being there? And we're seeing them make strides in that direction right now. Um, and so I don't think, um, I think right now already we're seeing um, normal average consumers ditch digital cameras. Uh, I think that's a given. That's kind of like CDs and fax machines. Those are right. no longer a thing. But I think you're going to start seeing professionals I think so too. start move away from digital cameras because your phone can just do it all. Right. And I have looked recently at some photos from newer smartphones compared to some older digital cameras, expensive digital cameras, yeah. Nikons and Canons and stuff like that, but 10-year-old ones. And the, the new smartphone pictures, not just Apple, but there are several other phones right. out there that take incredible photos that just blow away what some of those digital, digital cameras are capable of doing. Right. And I, I think the, this is my, I'm not a, I'm not a photographer, a personal or a professional photographer. I know a few and they've told me at various points, different reasons they've gotten rid of some cameras that they've had. Um, the biggest reason is the 
lens to be able to zoom in to get those detailed shots up close. And I think you're going to start seeing that through our devices in the very near future. I think so. So, okay. Any honorable mentions? Yes. Pizza delivery. Yeah. Uh, Domino's is already doing, s they're, they're testing self-driving vehicles uh, to deliver your, your pizza even to the door. They've used drones to do it. I think we're likely going to see more things like that happen with I delivery agree. services. Uh, standalone GPS devices and vehicles. Yeah. Bye-bye. Um, USB thumb drives that you plug into your computer. Yeah. I think those are going. Um, why these still exist, I'm not sure, but apparently they're still out there, landline and payphones. Right. If you're like me, you're including a lot of these things that are no-brainers that they're going to be yeah. gone. And then my last one is the USPS, as in United States Postal Service. Yeah. Um, they're an incredibly inefficient company. They lose <laughs> billions of dollars every year. They're not well managed. They're not well run. It is a government organization, so that's no surprise. Um, they're just incredibly inefficient. Amazon um, has really stuck it to them. Customer satisfaction with places like Amazon through UPS, FedEx, well, places like that are much higher than the USPS. Well, and even Amazon is doing its own delivery now. They are. So I totally see it being gone. And they're, they're hiring. You can download an app and go sign up to become an Amazon delivery driver, make fairly good, pretty good pay doing it. Yeah. You choose the times that you want to go load up your vehicle and deliver packages for Amazon. So I think 10 years from now, the, the USPS has been in a decline for several years. 10 years from now, I can't imagine that they reverse things and it's any better. Totally agree. Uh, two quick ones for me. Uh, number one, ATMs. Oh. If we're not using cash and cards anymore, why are we having ATMs? Right. Uh, and then light switches. I think we're going to see the decline of light switches in homes. We can you control. Think? You can control everything with your phone now. And so the traditional light switch where you flip up, I think I think we'll see it gone. I, I can see it being gone soon. I don't have hard evidence. That's just a gut, yeah. gut feeling. That's I a good guess. So you never know. I mean, maybe it's something different. It's just a touch thing or I don't know. Maybe they... Maybe we all need to invest in the light switch companies that are going to be out there. We might make it, strike it rich in a decade. Oh, that would be amazing. Okay, well, um, Aaron, what we ask this, this we ask this every single episode. What do people need to do right now? Well, if you haven't subscribed, I don't know what you're waiting for. But true. You, you need to subscribe. Uh, get notified when when a new podcast drops. Uh, give us that five star rating. Share it with your friends, and they ought to leave us a review, shouldn't Please they? Please leave us a review. You know what? In fact, uh, leave us a review, and if we like it, we're going to share it on our po next podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we want to read your review, so let us know uh, what you think about it. Let us know your favorites. Let us know what we need to cover next. What's something we need to talk about? What are 10 things about a topic that you love that we can talk about as I hit a microphone? Let us know uh, what you want to hear. Uh, follow us on all the socials. Uh, Facebook and Instagram uh, at 10 Things Podcast. And uh, you can see sh some shenanigans that go on. Um, we'd love to hear from you there too. So just let us know. Drop us a comment, uh, show us a picture, whatever you want to do. We'd love to hear from you. We want to get to know you more. We want to know you better. We love our fans. Yeah. All two of you. Okay. Uh, that's this week's episode uh, for the 10 Things. My name is Craig. I'm Aaron. 
and uh, we will talk at you next week. Bye-bye.